Okay, did we have any other news? Can us not On Wednesday nights, we normally meet with our volunteer team at our home and, you know, just to kind of build team and build unity and, you know, pray together and hear from everyone um, what they feel God is saying. And this week we were uh, watching an outreach movie about love. And that he, the week before, that God himself is love. And, you know, I felt like, okay, well, you know, we all know God is love. You know, that's why we got saved in the first place. We experience his love. But I felt like power to me. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes, like if you've been in church for a while and, you know, you, you've been saved for a while, you hunger for the Lord's power. You hunger to see him, you know, heal people and do miraculous signs and wonders. And, you know, as a church, we, you know, for it. we've got so many for it. That's what we long for. And I felt the Lord speak to my heart this week to say that the most powerful thing about him is his love. We can thank God for signs of God, but if it doesn't have love, if there's no motivation of love behind it, it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. And so I really felt, and we are trust minister of the really manifest so people can see who he is. You know, without us saying, God shows himself to people. That's our prayer. And I felt God really challenged my heart. You just focus on love. I will do the rest. Two Sundays of this. Next week, Johannes and Donnie will come and report back. But we are going to continue in God's love, in the theme of God's love, because I feel like this is a topic that we can never, ever, ever exhaust ourselves in studying the word of God for ourselves, in understanding God's love for us. Know that I know that I know that God loves me. Then there's no way I can love someone else. There's just no way that we can do that. And so I want to encourage you this morning, power that God's love is powerful. God's love, sin and fear and rejection and hurting to a place of peace, joy and hope. That is the God that we serve. And so this morning, I really want you to receive this message for you. And afterwards, without anyone else, but I want you who are here, God's got an appointment with you this morning. God wants you to know how loved you are. And this includes me and Johannes. We need to know God's love for us. And I'm not talking about knowing it, reciting circumstances go haywire. When we lose our job, when someone close to us dies unexpectedly, I'm talking about then knowing that God loves me unconditionally. My prayer, it's very difficult that we will know that you love us, that we will have a new revelation. And I'm trusting God supernaturally this morning to pour into every single person here like liquid love. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, my prayer is that you are drawn to go out and chat love this morning. Bottom line. We are not drenched in it. And so I want you to turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, uh, those of you who read Bible on the phone, like I do most of the time, uh, our notes are on Version. It's called the Bible app, Version. You can just search under votes there. Why do we take notes in church? Because we need to go through the Word during the week. But take care of your own thing for yourself and fast mark, ne? Until you know that you know that you know. Okay, let's have a read at 1 Corinthians. Speak in the 13. And even of angels, but have not love. That reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, 
such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, mine wants to move in the prophetic. And if I understand all the secret truths and the mysteries and I possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but I don't have love, even if I dole out all that I have, nothing, and providing for nobody, I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory, but have not love, I gain nothing. Uh, Verse 13 says, and so faith, hope, and love abide. Okay, your translation is my, can I just read my translation? I've got a different version. It says, and now there remain faith, abiding eternal salvation, and love, an unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And so what I want us to see this morning is that God is saying we can be so spiritual and we can have all the great things in God's power. But if we don't do it in love, the love that comes from God's love for me, the Bible says it's useless. And faith, we can't please God. But the Bible says out of those three, love is the most important thing. Love is what will remain until eternity. All these things will pass away. Love is powerful. Love supersedes every other spiritual gift. Love supersedes everything else that God expects us to do on this earth. If there's no love, there is nothing. Love is eternal. And when we look at the world around us, and we'll talk about love. People are starving for God's love. We spoke about, you know, physical salvation. But how many people in our world, in our circles where we operate, how many people are for the truth, we and dying on the inside because of the love of God? Created for any other reason on this planet. You were not created to do things for God without being loved first. And I remember this was a huge revelation for me. I grew up in a very traditional church, but I did that was fear. That the result of that was constant anxiety. The result of that was constant insecurities. Never believing in myself. Never believing that I've got any ability. In primary school, I used to run away from oral, mondeling. Okay? I could never speak in front of Pete Father. Who, no self-confidence. Who didn't abandon me. But I'll, I'll share my testimony in a bit. Who knows Joyce Meyer? Joyce Meyer, over Tani, mid-70s. Probably one of the best Bible teachers in the world. I'm not biased, but I did work for her ministry. She said, she started her ministry over 30 years ago. And the first time she got an opportunity to bring a word in front of an audience. You know, she knew God had called her to teach the word. And, and so she was going to be for a word of power. You know, you want to bring something with meat. You want to bring something that people can go, wow, you know. She really studied the word or whatever. I don't know. That's just me. And so she said, she asked the Lord, what must I tell the people? And she prayed about what she was like and she had to bring. You know, I can't bring some Sunday school message of John 3.16. Everyone knows that. I need a word of power. And the Lord convicted her heart and he said to her that if everyone knew that I love them, they would act a whole lot differently than what they And she then went on and she went to study the love of God for an entire year. 
And what she ended up after that year, she, she repeats the story and she says, I actually realized that I was the one that needed her life, that God loved me. No way that she could honestly teach people of God the word if she didn't have a base and a root, you know, her heart and her being, everything rooted deep down in the love of God for her. There was no way that she could love children. If she, I love that. I love that she studied it for a whole year. And she realized, I actually didn't know that God loved me. She was already in ministry. And so the first thing realized, Mike, that was just the intro, is God is love. And it may sound foundational, but I pray that you will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. God is love. It's not something different character. It's something that you might do something good, but you can have bad character. God is not like that. God loves because he is love. We don't get love from any other place. God is love. John 4 verse 8, God, because God is love. And in verse 16, sorry, you might have to skip a few. In verse 16, it says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. He abides in love. And so we have to start with that foundation. Psalm 86 verse 15, if you're taking notes, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. And, and I love that in state New Testament, when he explained to his disciples and he explained to the multitudes and the crowds why he came, he said to them, I came to show you the Father. Jesus said, I came to love through Jesus. You have seen. How did people see love through Jesus? Through his compassion. Through his teaching. The Bible says he walked around doing love with them. He cried when people died, when, even though he knew he could raise them from the dead. You can just see Jesus' heart everywhere throughout the Gospels as he moved in his ministry. It was all done with a motivation of love. Because he knew that he was loved unconditionally by the Father. And I'm like, I, you know, church. And I don't believe that I was ever taught a correct view of who the Father was. So my dad died when I was young. I was six years old and he was a sheep farmer and he just had a heart attack. He was just very bad. Yeah, he was healthy and he just died. They were, and so for married again years after and I had a great stepdad. But for many years, I walked around with a very abandoned spirit. In other words, I, you know, as a little girl, who gives you identity? Your relate gives identity. Your, I didn't have an earthly father as an example. So I felt abandoned. And so when people started speaking to me about Father God, I felt abandoned by him too. And what I've discovered is that oftentimes the way we look at the Father, the way we relate to Father God, had an earthly father who was very abusive or very strict, then it's very easy for you to have that same idea or picture of the father in heaven that he sits there with a, a whip to just lash every time and just to punish you every time you do something wrong. Of father God. But that's why it's very important that we lay the foundation. Sometimes that's the first thing people need to see and hear is that the father is love. And the secular, and if you can teach us all sorts of things about the Lord, about God, we need to know the truth, to know that God is love. And I can tell you, there's a, if you study this, 
there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scriptures talking about the love of the Father. Talking about hearing how he's affectionate. We need to believe that. If we don't believe who God is, it will be very hard for us to receive it in our own hearts. Amen. So that's the first foundation I want to lay this morning. God created. And if you read the story of Genesis and if you read the story and go and study creation, you'll realize that God created them first and foremost for relationship. Before he gave them authority, he gave them identity. He gave them identity, I think it was his children, a couple of weeks ago, or last week, can't remember when. Okay, so we see that God's heart was always for us to walk in perfect fellowship with him, to walk in a perfect love relationship like a Adam and Eve with his children. But sin, so that's why Jesus had to come. Jesus had to come and restore that fellowship. And that's where we have John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world with us in relationship. That was not his plan. We decided that. Man decided that. God created us out of love. To have a perfect love relationship with him. Romans 5 verse 8 says that God demonstrated his love for him. In the fact, verse 3 to 4 says, At one time we were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived. We were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. But when the kindness and the love of God appeared, he saved us. His mercy. I'm going to repeat this a thousand times this morning until it drops inside of our spirits. God is love. He pursued us with love. And I can prove that in scripture. I've got lots of scriptures. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 5. I want to make this point that God's love was operative for you long before you were even living as in his love. He chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's a long time ago. This world. That we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. And he formed us, destined. So many people suffer incredible rejection because they feel they weren't planned for. Oopsie, ek was a oopsie. But God planned for all of us. There's not one baby being born that God did not plan. Jesus Christ. God planned in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and it was his kind intent. I don't know why that amplified is different than mine, but mine says this. Anyway, it's the amplified version two. Just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world so that we will be holy. That is consecrated, which means set apart I was that person. And blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ. In accordance with a kind intention and good. We need to understand that God planned for us in love before the foundations of the world. I'm repeating myself, but you'll see why. Because it needs to drop into our spirits. 
Okay, now the Bible speaks of four different types of love. In your notes, okay, so we'll say the following. Storage love. We did a message on Mother's Day and we spoke about the mother heart of Father God. A lot of people grew up abandoned by their mothers, experienced a lot of rejection from a mother figure in life. And God ends with his motherly attribute. It's a type of familiar love, like a family love. Like these are my children. That's that kind of love. Okay? That's not the love we are talking about here this morning. Secondly, there's eros love. E Emotion, a kind of sensual, sexual marriage, love, romantic relationship. That's not the kind of love that we want to focus on this morning. Then there is philea love. There's that story where Jesus talks to Peter and he asks Peter three times, do you love me? Some are bonding over some philea lusts, caring of friends for one another. It's also an emotion, a feeling of love. But the love that we want to talk about this morning is agape love. Agape, agape, however you want to say it. It's a Greek word. Who said it? Agape. And it's this agape Romans 5 verse 5. And I'm going to read this to you because sometimes we need to go and read up a word in the original language to understand the power of what that word is actually communicating. Because sometimes I think when we talk about love, the swear, ah, I love you as I love the Lord. So as Jock has said, it's sacrificial. It means I don't think about myself. That's the way God feels about us. Listen to this. Agape love, a Greek word, gracious, testament, official. An undefeatable benevolence, an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he does. That's the God that we are talking about. Turn. A self challenge me usually. I mean, I like even a thank you if I give something. But this is, agape love is self-giving. That gives freely without asking anything in return. It does not consider the worth a deliberate for another's highest good. And it's demonstrated through action. And what stood out for me, I said, Johannes, man, this is a revelation for me. And we'll talk about that more next week. Agape love is a, and it means that I seek the highest good for the other person. And that's the way God loves us. He sent Jesus. He didn't consider even the object of his affection. He said, here is my best. I am laying it down for you. And I want to advise this morning. Maybe you are worthy of Jesus dying on a cross. I know it sounds foundational, but some people don't know this. Our spirits needs to know this. How does the Bible describe the of love? It's a super. I split them apart because I want to make a point. Okay. So verse 4, 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love chapter, okay? It says that love endures long and it is patient and kind. Love never is envy. Or boils over with joy. Does not display itself haughtily. This is definitely a different translation. Praise the Lord. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, oligopa love, does not, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Y'all, we can stop there. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy, sensitive, fretful, resentful. It takes no of the evil done, rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything. 
and everything that comes. It is if it hopes leave the weightless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. This is God's love, remember. Love is eternal. Infancy, the gift of love, interpreting the divine will and purpose. It will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. Love never fails. Love never fails. And I want to remind you this morning that the love that God has for us is supernatural. It's not a natural type of data to go and look something that in all these superficial places. Sometimes we think we can find, you know, when you don't have God's love inside of you, there's a void. And everyone has that void until God's love fills the void. And I'm going to prove that in Scripture. So in other words, some people fill it with promiscuous relationships. Some people fill it with, you know, overachieving in my job, getting a thousand PhD degrees, you know. And none of that is wrong. But the problem is when we give a look for love, it will never heal us. It will never give us purpose. Because the only thing that does is the love of God. And I'm talking from experience this morning, as I'm sure all of you can testify to. I want to read this scripture. I don't think it's on the board, but Romans 2.5. Please brand new again this week when I read it. It says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Your love tank is because Romans 5 says only the Holy Spirit can pour the love of God into our hearts. That is the love that will heal us. That is the love that will transform us. That is the love that will send us in the direction of our purpose of why we were created. Also one of the so wounded spirit. So that once we, once we accept the love of the Father, when we allow the Holy Spirit to pour it into our hearts... Then the Bible says in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, that the Holy Spirit will produce more agape love in our hearts. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit love for us. Okay. My third point is this. God's love has power. Okay, it's got three sub points. Number 3.1, to heal us. Psalm 100 said it earlier, bless the Lord of my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Who's ever felt like your love was in seated? He redeems your life from the pit. Don't stay in the pit. Okay, we are called for the palace, not the pit. Amen. Who surrounds you with state crowned with love and mercy. We will walk like this. We will walk in the identity that we have been called for. We will walk as sons and daughters because we are actually crowned with love. That must be our identity. If our identity is not rooted and grounded in the love of God, crowns you nothing but mercy. Is that it? Well, <laughs> that's good to end on. Okay? He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And you know, when we were doing that Mother's Day service, I remember people coming up afterwards. It was one of those afterwards and say to me that they related to that thing. We spoke about storage love, about the mother heart of Father God. 
and how when they were born, their mother rejected them. And you know, a baby can actually be rejected in the womb already by hearing the words that we say. It's not over them. And it can cause so much trouble when we walk around with that spirit of rejection our entire life. It can cause us to be physically ill. It can cause us to never be satisfied. It can cause us to have, you know, a dysfunctional personality. Powerful. All of that can be healed. I shared a little bit of my testimony, but, you know, as a young little girl, six years old, when your daddy dies, you don't understand death even yet as a concept. You know, I remember my little brother had nightmares. He dreamed that he were burying my dad. I was six. And he had nightmares every single night, dreaming that my dad was being buried alive and they were throwing the sand on him. I didn't have those type of dreams, but I just had a huge sense of insecurity and abandonment. I felt like my covering, everything was gone. I, I couldn't put words to it. Rejection, because what ended up happening, you know, my dad didn't decide to now die, but it didn't change how I felt. I felt rejected. I felt abandoned. And I remember as I got into my journey with the Lord and I was very depressed, trying on stage in my early 20s, but just being I was so frustrated because I didn't feel like I had purpose. And I remember going to a church service and it was the first time I went to a charismatic church. And I remember going into the church. I had a lot of anxiety. I was on antidepressant medication because I had, I had such fear that I didn't. And so, you know, where it came from, sometimes your parents would just say, oh, I'm not But it's actually a demonic spirit fear it's not from God and I remember going into that church service and the people were so friendly and I was like um oh, type of irritated by all these friendly movie theater and it was very dark and the worship would come on and they had smoke machines and you know lights and beautiful atmosphere but I remember the first worship song I just melted something came over me anxiety attack first time I experienced anxiety attacks in a closed you know room like that but something, I felt like liquid came all over me. I cannot explain it. If you've experienced it, you'll know. And I remember crying through the whole service. And then the pastor preached on Jeremiah 29 in my minute. And he said, God created grew up in a Christian home. And I remember it was like my heart melted. Fear melted. Everything melted. Insecurity. I didn't even care. I could do nothing in front of people. I was very... Uh, conscious of how people looked. I always felt like people were looking at me in front. And he said, To the Lord Jesus Christ, come in front right now. I was the first person there. <laughs> and I would never, ever do that out of my own. And I remember that day was the day I encountered the love of God. And I cannot tell you what happened, but all I know, it was supernatural. I believe I'm the first one to preach on confessing the word. But until you experience it, until you experience it, you cannot testify to it. And God can heal us God everywhere we hurt. 3.2, the love of God will free us. 1 John 4, 13, 18, sorry. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfected in love. You know, the enemy will send... And he will remind you of rejection that you've experienced. He will remind you that you are alone and that no one cares. He will remind you that you are not worthy. He will remind all of that you love of God break the power of those chains over our thoughts, over our emotions, over every part of our soul realm. 
I have seen it on outreach. I have seen it in counseling. I have seen it in church. Time after time, time. Sometimes the love of the Father. Many people grow up with also broken relationships with our dads. Our earthly parents is a huge gift from the Lord. But not everyone had the blessing of healthy parents that, that binds us, come from that place of our childhood. And God wants to restore. God wants to heal. God wants to free us from those things. Amen. God's love is strong. It is compelling. It is powerful. God's love will transfer points through the person that you were created to be. And I can tell you now, you would not see me doing this. You would not see Johannes talking in front of people, maybe even 10 years ago. You know, sometimes when, you know, when we are born, and we are born with a certain gifts, you were born with a personality for a reason. We were born with certain natural abilities and talents for a reason. And what is the purpose of the enemy? If he can try and take you out, through binding you with a spirit of rejection, of your of abandonment, if he can speak to you through the voice of those in authority over you, a negative voice, he will try and get you to stay in a place where you will never live out your calling. Because all of us have a calling to destroy darkness, to expand the kingdom of light. You were born. Okay, I don't want to focus on him. I want to focus on God's love and the power of God's love. But sometimes we see that people don't rise to the place of their calling and their gifting and their purpose because they never knew the love of the Father and why they were created. Say, there's a name for the theory, the looking glass self. Have you ever heard of the looking glass self? It means that I will often become what the people around me thinks of me. In other words, if people, my closest people around me, those with authority, my parents speak over me as my pastor who rise to and become. So in other words, if I grew up with people telling me that I'm worthless and I will never become this or that, then I will grow up in that. It's like the tree gets bent that way. And the love of God is what will get the love of God get back into the sh- is what will transform us into our purpose. And God wants you to rise up in your purpose. God wants you to be who he created you to be. It doesn't matter what anyone else say about you. We were speaking about it this morning, and we were just like, again, God, let us believe who you say that we through your head. Are we trained enough? Lord, are we experienced enough? Lord, are we gifted enough? Have I got enough leadership ability? Who will ever listen to us? All those things go through your head. But we've decided, Lord, we will be who you called us to be yourself. You know every prophetic word who he says you are. Amen. We were created to be loved. And if we don't grow up knowing it, we will always have an emptiness on the inside. And I love this prayer that Paul prayed. I could just put, read it to you. It's in the one for me because I just love it. When I want to emphasize something out of the word of God. And I want to... I want to read this to you and I want you to close your eyes this morning. And this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the believers in the Ephesian church. And he said that I want you to be rooted. God has called us to take ground in the nation of Namibia. God has called us to take his love to a broken, thirsty, hungry world. But he needs a church Deeply, deeply grounded and rooted in His. I want you to standing in front of you. 
with his arms open and he's ready to embrace you. He says, I love you, my child. I planned for you before the foundations of this earth. You are worthy. You are all beautiful. So I you in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory most being with His divine might and explosive power. And then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released love inside from the very source and root of your life. The resting place of His love will become the source and root of your life. And then you will be empowered to discover what every to discover what every holy one experiences, the all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love for you, how enduring and inclusive it is. It is endless love, beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. To this extravagant fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. See, than your imagination will dream. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. And now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every marriage in every generation time and eternity. Amen. And I want you to stand this morning as we bring the service to a close. And I want to pray for some people this morning. There was a well-known prophet in the 1970s. His name was Bob. He died prematurely and he went to heaven and he saw Jesus Christ standing in front of him. And when he saw heaven, he was like, okay, actually, I don't want to go back. And Jesus said to him, did you learn how to love? And what was so profound to me, all those things are beautiful. But Jesus said to him, in love, did you learn how to love? And he said, Lord, I don't want to go back. And Jesus said, I want you to go back. Because I'm going to bring in a one billion harvest of soul. And I'm going to... That was in 1976. And Bob Jones passed away a few years ago. But what was so profound to me was that he said, did you learn how to love? This is just a focus for Owens. A few minutes that we have together. Have you ever experienced the love of God for you? I want to pray for a first group of people, and I want to. I want to ask you if there's anyone, come and show me this love that this preacher woman is telling me about. I want you to be my heavenly Father. I want to experience your love as a father. I want to give you an opportunity and we're just going to pray for you. I just want you to raise your hand if you've never, ever given your life to the Lord. Or maybe you have before. You know, there's a story of the prodigal son in the Bible and it says that the son ran away. But when he realized he was all alone in the world and he thought, maybe I should go back home, that his father was standing there with open arms. doesn't matter, ready to embrace 
Instead, he's going to throw a party because he's coming home. And the prophetic word over this church is that we will be called a house of grace where lost sons and daughters will come home, home to the Father, home to the one who created you, home to the one who loves you. And if you an opportunity, if you to your heart, you are one of those people, then just gently raise your hand so I can pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We see those hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And everyone in the congregation to pray after me. Just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your incredible love for me. And that you've been waiting for me, even if I've tried to run from you. Please forgive me. Wash me clean with your blood. I believe what you did for me on the cross. Now please receive me. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit, with your love, and with your power. I will serve you. I will be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I want to say that if that was you, if you prayed that prayer, then one of our team members will be at the info desk afterwards. And there's a little booklet we want to gift to you. again. What happened to you? Our spirit. What happens in our soul when we receive the Lord Jesus? And we want to walk. If you want to come back to our church, that is. We want to walk a journey of discipleship. We want to pray with you. We want to equip you. May raise you up do the, in just saying hello to people in the front or making a cup of coffee. But that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And I want to pray for a second group of people before we close this service. I want to ask you, sometimes we need to be bold. And I want to ask if you need a fresh touch of the Lord's power, of the Lord's love for you then I want to invite you to come and stand in the front. And some of our team are going to pray over you. And we are just going to ask the Lord, His love, and to speak to your heart. And the reason why I'm calling you forward is because sometimes there is an activation in the Spirit that happens when we take a prophetic action towards the kingdom of God. And so I want to invite you, just come and stand in front here. Johannes will be in front. We're just going to pray in the service. Amen, Jesus. We are going to pray for you. We are going to lay hands on you and we're going to explain to you and pray for you that the love of the Father is for you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just hold your hands forward? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can just end this service knowing and experiencing your perfect love and your perfect peace. And for me, I want to pray a blessing of celebrating today that has come into the kingdom. And Father, I pray your supernatural peace to flood their hearts, your supernatural love to flood their entire beings. And I pray that when they go out, they will be different, Lord. I pray that they, they find so brightly everywhere that they go this week, Father, that you will be around in Jesus' name. And Father, I declare provision over every family here who needs it, Lord. I declare health over every individual who 
who needs it in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that out of Jesus is the moment. And so we pray a blessing over everyone here. And we just thank you and we give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Amen. Amen. Awesome, Yella.